The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Got to get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of The Spotlight. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And I'm so happy to be with you today in this burning hot day for us here in Los Angeles. It has been ridiculous the last three days and uh, it doesn't seem like there's any end in sight. And my co-host, who lives in... Uh, Everybody's a wet dream of a place to live in Hawaii. How, how's it there, weather-wise? I hate to say it, but it's actually really sticky and uncomfortable here too. So we're suffering just like the rest of everybody else. Well, although, I, although I, I'll, I'll say this with this caveat, right? There's a difference between sort of like suffering in paradise and suffering elsewhere. I mean, there's suffering, and then there's suffering in Hawaii. So if you gotta suffer, this is the place to do it. Well, I am I wrong for saying I don't feel too sorry for you? No, not at all. I, I, I mean, I would say those things even if the Hawaii Visitors Board wasn't paying me, but, you know. <laughs> you know, I believe that, too, by the way. I, I believe they are paying you. I believe you're their, one of their top lieutenants. Trying. I keep sending them podcasts saying, see, see, look, look, I'm such an awesome spokesperson for Hawaii. But yeah, no, I'm still waiting for my first check. Well, I'm sure it's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today we have a, a, a spe- another special day. Uh, we are we're going to be talking a lot about the Jurassic Park series. And we have a wonderful guest. I came across this podcaster uh, when doing some research for something I'm going to write about the Jurassic Park series, and his YouTube channel is excellent. Uh, welcome to the show, Jeremy James Prechick. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me here. And I have to say, man, um, you know, I knew that Fallen Kingdom was coming out, right? Yeah. And I I decided, you know, I'm going to rewatch all the Jurassic Park movies. I started uh, rereading uh, the Jurassic Park book, and... I was looking online for different content, and I didn't realize what a great community the Jurassic Park uh, community is on YouTube. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's a great community. Yeah, and um, uh, you, your channel was one of the channels I came across uh, with a lot of different content, a lot of uh, really good stuff. Uh, kind of before well, we thank you. Before we get into deeply uh, about your your channel specifically um give us a little background on yourself like where are you from and and how did you come to uh start this channel sure um well uh, i'm from windsor ontario canada um i've been doing youtube since about 2010 i believe uh when i started my youtube channel i honestly just did it just for the sake of commenting on videos, making playlists, and maybe uploading some anime music videos once in a while. And 
eventually as time went on I would get more and more subscribers just for me kind of goofing around and then eventually years went by and I decided to upload more and more content and then afterwards I hit a little bit of a slump I just kind of hit like a standstill with subscribers and I didn't know we didn't really know what to do so I thought I'd try voice impression videos um, that didn't really take off that much compared to other stuff uh, but then I came across actually another member of the Jurassic Park community you may have heard of him uh, his name's Clayton Fioriti and I saw him uh, uploading frequent videos about Jurassic Park and then I thought to myself you know what if you want to get back into YouTube and to get those subscribers back up you gotta do what he does you gotta upload you gotta work on it and I just put in the work and then slowly and slowly my channel grew and here we are today yeah man I, I, I have to say I I am a become a big fan of yours and, and it's interesting you mentioned Clayton uh, his work as well he's a fantastic YouTuber uh, Absolutely. Now, one thing that I love that you guys do is you talk a lot about um, s different things that are not in the movies or part of canon, and you guys kind of fill in a lot of the gaps. Uh, I see that, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of what-if videos as well, Some something kind of like fan fiction in a way, but yeah. I like the way that you guys do it. Uh, tell me a little bit about your thinking about doing those specific videos. Um, it's sometimes when you make those kind of videos, let's see here, I mentioned in a couple of videos I did, it's fun to read between the lines and do some research on the canon, so let's say if you play, or if, like there's some video games, like, if, like Trespasser for instance, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they said John Hammond's middle name is, I believe it was Parker, and in actually Fallen Kingdom, they said it was like, I'm trying to remember, Alfred. Alfred like, no, that's not his. That's not his middle name. Trespasser said it was Parker, um, and we just kind of—it's—it's it's fun to kind of just use your imagination. Uh, I know it sounds kind of silly, but sometimes just take a step back, and have some fun with it. And you guys seem to be having a lot of fun. Uh, one of the videos I—I I thought that was really cool is. Um, probably people's least favorite of the movies, uh, Jurassic Park 3. Uh, yeah. The very opening scene uh, where you have, uh, excuse me, I can't re recall the names, but uh, uh, the, the paragliding... Uh, oh, yes, Ben and Eric. Ben and Eric. Eric. Yes, talk about the video you did about that. I, I think that was really cool how you, you broke that down. Oh, thanks. Um, well, it's it's been a mystery. Um, they never actually say officially in the movie as to what happens to them, and I just got curious, and then one day I decided to post on a forum about that topic, and then I got some people talking, and I decided eventually, hey, you know what? Why don't I make a video about this? And kind of just dis it, discovering all the possibilities as to what could have happened, and then we kind of just, I just kind of thought, I'll throw in my own opinion personally, because um, I remember the movie, some people would say that the Spinosaurus attacked the boat because later on in the movie, uh, the Spinosaurus attacks the boat that Grant and the others are on uh, to kind of relate that. But then when I watched the attack scene, I'm thinking, no, there's no way that could be the Spinosaurus. It's too big. Uh, if it really destroyed that, if it, if it attacked that boat, it would have been completely destroyed and knocked off course. Uh, so then I just remember there's some small rips in the uh, sunroof cover, and... I remember reading there was some sort of uh, other draft of a script and it was talking about how Grant found clues as to it being the pteranodons that attacked a boat. Hmm. 
Oh, so that's like uh, they and they never added that into the actual movie, huh? No, they never did, which is a shame. That would have been a nice uh, scene to add because if I'm not mistaken, it was the way to introduce the pteranodons. Like Alan Grant finds some tracks and he examines some gashes in the boat that gets cast ashore. And then I think pteranodons were supposed to come out of the trees, but unfortunately they didn't go with that. You, you know what's so funny about it is uh, there is this uh, this other YouTube channel where it's called 24 Reasons Why or something like that. Okay. And they did one on, um, it's like usually 24 reasons why this movie is just like another movie. And they did oh, one yeah. on Jurassic Park 3 and uh, Kong Skull Island. And it had me cracking up because they're very similar <laughs> in ways that I don't think we realize. Even to the point that it starts off with someone parachuting onto the island, <laughs> you know. That, hey, that's technically true. <laughs> I, I thought that was pretty pretty funny. If you guys get it, I'm, I'll put this in the, the link in the show notes if, for uh, later if you guys want to check that video out. But it's pretty funny. Sure. But but uh, I always thought that was uh, uh, pretty funny. And then if you think about it later on, the person that parachuted is has been living on the island, you know, and it's very Kong similar Island. to Kong Skull Island. But um, uh, let's let's go right into it about Jurassic Park three. I, 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 I would say, would you? You're tied into the community. Would you say that's the least favorite of of the fans? The third one. I would one? say that is the general consensus. Yes, that it's the some. I don't like to say it's the worst movie. I just like to say it's the least best. <clears throat> I think that's the general consensus that fans have. Yeah. Now the big. I remember the big controversy about that film, uh, amongst a lot of things, is the Spinosaurus. Uh, defeating the raptor, I mean the raptor. I'm sorry, yes. the T Rex. Yeah. Very early on, and in you know in uh, breakneck <laughs> uh, <Yep>. speed, <laughs> pun included, uh, intended. Uh, what did you think about that? Uh, the Spinosaurus taking out Rexy. Well, I was, it's kind of mixed emotions on that because um, when I was a kid, I was so excited to see a new dinosaur and to see that there was something bigger and badder than a T-Rex, you know, naturally I got excited and curious about that. But then after watching it a few more times, it's like, hey, you know what, the T-Rex was kind of made to look bad in that movie. I don't think that's flying with me very well. <laughs> it was cool, but at the same time, I don't know. I, isn't it funny, Jen, like how... Over the time, you know, like how t the T-Rex is now like the hero of the series, <laughs> like the mascot, in, in, if you will. And like people are like really generally uh, were upset that he got defeated by uh, the Spinosaurus. Like people still hate the Spinosaurus uh, to, to the point where I don't I don't think they'll they can. I don't think they would they could put him back into the movie franchise because of it. You know, I'll, I will uh, convey this uh, sort of narrative from the time that my kid, who was, well, I don't know how old he was at the time, but he was young when he saw Jurassic Park first, all the way up to the current Jurassic Park, his love for T-Rex has never faltered. And he always thought that T-Rex got the short end of the stick in that movie, always. And, and in fact, I remember having a conversation with him. This was also at the same time that he was thinking about multiple dimensions and how dinosaurs could be in the same place as we are right now. It was sort of crazy. But he, 
he what he said to me was this clearly took place in a different dinosaur dimension because there's no way in the current dimension that we're in right now that that would have happened so that was an alternate reality jurassic park and <laughs> all the rest of the jurassic parks take place in this reality <laughs> yeah that was his explanation interesting are you are you buying that uh jeremy <laughs> I can't say I'm jumping on board with that. Unfortunately, <laughs> I see I see where they're coming from. You know, he you know as a kid, th- this was the best that he could come up with. So okay, give him some slack. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I like the T Rex, but I do like the Spinosaurus. He was a badass in that third yeah. one. He was a good villain, and and you didn't you didn't have that like you rooted for the T Rex in a way. Whereas no one really rooted for uh, the Spinosaurus, right? Like he was like, he was like the villain from Die Hard, you know. <laughs> Just yeah. you wanted to see him get his demise, and he never did. So he's still That's somewhere. True. He's still somewhere on site B, right? Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Possibly out there. Yeah. I don't know. He could, he could also be dead too. I don't know. Um, I remember actually I did a video on that uh, since we're on the subject Mm -hmm. Um, there was this picture on the Dinosaur Protection Group website and it said something like uh, extinction is permanent or something like that I don't remember the words it said exactly but it had the Spinosaurus's name in red to kind of hint that something bad happened to it Mm. and I remember reading on the Masrani backdoor website that the Mizrani Corporation went to Isla Sorna to gather the dinosaurs to put them in Jurassic World. So I have a feeling that they may have encountered the Spinosaurus there and may have killed it. And then that's possibly how the Dinosaur Protection Group found out about the abuse to the Spinosaurus. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And th- that's one thing they did very cool with the, the reboot. And we'll get into the Jurassic World series. Was that they put in, they, they, had, they filled in a lot of those gaps that as fans of the series, you know, you would like to see. And and yeah. I think they're considered canon, too. Yeah, they are. Yeah, which is really interesting that they decided to do that. Uh, I'm really glad they did. I mean, 14 years between movies, that's a big gap. Yeah, a, a humongous gap. Now, we can't, we cannot, we cannot talk about uh, Jurassic Park 3 without mentioning, of course, the most famous scene from that, and that's the airplane scene. The uh, Alan scene. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> that scene. Uh, like, I actually like it. I thought it was funny, right? It's goofy. Yeah, it's goofy. Like, I don't know why there was such a negative response. He was dreaming, right? I've had weirder dreams than that. Yeah. I mean, I can understand people's point of view as to not liking that scene, but I just think of it as just a goofy throw in. I mean, that's all the, the movie really is, really. Just a simple, fun little movie. You know, nothing too serious. Just mm-hmm. a fun movie. Now, um, now we're going to go back to Jurassic Park because I'm going to get into uh, how you f- first uh, started getting into the, the series. But uh, I noticed also uh, you reviewed a, a show called Terra Nova as well. Oh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I love Terra Nova. Yeah. That was so fun. Oh, my God. That brings back memories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Terra Nova is what was one of those shows that should have been should have been like a, a huge hit and unfortunately it, it never got the audience that I think they you know, that they really tried they put a lot of money into it and a lot of yeah. energy and effort. Wasn't Spielberg <laughs> attached to that show somehow? I believe so, yeah. I believe he yeah. was uh, yeah. He definitely was. And and it was 
you know, it, I think that show was before its time in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people really, you know, who didn't catch it, they probably thought it was what it wasn't, you know. Uh, I think they, they, they just didn't really understand how good of a show that was. Uh, um, so... Uh, it, it had problems, though. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It definitely had some. It had some pretty. It had some weird. Uh, it had some weird continuity narrative problems. But it was still good. I mean, it was so much fun to watch. And anytime you can sort of experience that kind, that world yeah. without it being ridiculous, is actually a really good time. Maybe that's why we watch these kinds of things to kind of immerse ourselves into a new world to escape our own, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and you know it was a good show. It was a good show. It wasn't Shakespeare, but it was good. No. <laughs> you know, sometimes you know, look as someone who creates content myself, me and Jen, uh, we always debate this all the time about you know sometimes things are just fun, you know, and you I, I hate to check your brain at the door, but you know I mean some things if you you know you just can't bring your brain to the party. <laughs> so, but uh, I thought Terra Nova was was it better than that? Definitely, definitely. Better I enjoyed it. From what I saw, of it, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Okay, so uh, now uh, also uh, I see that you do a lot of anime uh, voice impressions as well. Oh yeah, I've done a bit of that. Now you you know I gotta ask you. Uh, you gotta do a couple of, for us. Okay, let's see here. Let's think of something. Okay, well, I'll do one that uh, on my YouTube channel that was the, probably my most popular voice impression video would be James from Pokemon, uh, the very first James from Pokemon. I believe it was Eric Stewart who did the voice for that James, so I'll do a quick little uh, thing for that for you. All right. Okay. Those micro! Don't put my caps in your dirty beaks! Those caps are all in mint condition! I drank enough soda pop to build an aircraft carrier to get that bottle cap collection! <laughs> <laughs> that was really good, man. <laughs> oh, thank you. And I see you do SpongeBob as well, right? Why, well, yes, I do. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, if, if they can't rehire the guy that does SpongeBob, I said they should go with you. If that one that oh, contract goes. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, man. I like it. Oh, thanks. I like it. Um, all right, so all right, let's go back to. Uh, um, so, um, how did you first get into uh, Jurassic Park, the the actual uh, movie series? I love telling this story, Percy. I'm glad you asked that question. It started back when I was three. So I was born in 1990. So 1993 is when the movie came out, and I remember that there was a special on Entertainment Tonight. Uh, my parents were just watching Entertainment Tonight. I was in the living room playing with my toys. And I remember they showed a clip from Jurassic Park um, about the T-Rex chasing the Jeep. And that was the first time I saw, like, a, a moving dinosaur in real life because I'm like, oh, my God, that looks so real. It's a real dinosaur. There's a dinosaur on TV. And I remember saying something like, I want to watch that movie. And uh, my mom thought, nah, I mean, it might be too scary for you, you know, you're only three. <laughs> so a couple years later, um, I went to my uncle and aunt's house, and they had a VHS copy of Jurassic Park sitting on their shelf. And I recognized the picture, 
And they're like, oh, I want, that's the dinosaur movie. I want to watch that. And my mom said, I don't know, Jeremy. He might be too scary for you still. And uh, my uncle's like, well, hold on. I think we have an idea here. I'll just fast forward through the scary parts. And my mom's like, okay, that's fine. So we watched the movie. Um, I don't remember him fast forwarding through much other than the talking parts. Like, <laughs> that's the, the scary parts. You don't want to see talking, you want to see dinosaurs. So I remember this one scene that stood out for me the most from what I remember that night was when the T-Rex was attacking the Jeep. Or not the Jeep, the uh, Ford Explorer. Um, I, it just looked so real. I mean, I thought it was amazing to see a dinosaur on TV. I was a little scared for the kids. You know, are the kids going to be okay? And my uncle's like, don't worry, they'll be fine. Someone helps them out. But at the same time, I just thought it was so cool looking at a T-Rex and listening to it roar. And ever since that day, I was always thinking about it. And then eventually, my mom bought our own VHS copy. So I would watch it so much. And then The Lost World came out. And then I got into that, and I just stuck with it for years and years. Just kept, you know, playing with the toys, um, playing the video games. My mom would rent video games all the time from Blockbuster. You guys remember Blockbuster? I remember Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. So she would rent, like, the video games for Sega Genesis um, for, for me there. And eventually Jurassic Park 3 came out when I was after finishing fifth grade and I was so excited uh, I got to see another Jurassic Park movie come out and then I uh, you know I stuck with that 14 years later <laughs> Jurassic World three years later now it's just something that's always captivated my my interest just seeing these amazing animals you know that once walked our planet <laughs> you know it's funny uh... Dang, I feel so old hearing your story because I definitely was not three. I was not three in, uh, <laughs> in 1993, but I remember it very well. I always say that movie, uh, the first Jurassic Park and Terminator 2 were two of my favorite uh, movie going experiences. I actually seen a movie in the theater because oh, yeah. I remember seeing Jurassic Park on opening night. I was in Santa Barbara. And wow. we went to go see it. And I remember, because at the time, you really didn't have any images of what the dinosaurs really looked like. No, they didn't really show much in the trailer. No, they just showed a, a glass of water shaking, and it said, Dinosaurs and Steven Spielberg, you know you want to see this shit. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, smart move. <laughs> and, and so we went to go see it, and I remember being on the edge of my seat and just just blown away by uh by this uh by this film and uh i remember I, I must have seen it like maybe three other times in the theater like when i when we got back from santa barbara i think i've seen it uh a couple of more times with some friends and uh it was it was quite a great uh, movie going experience and as i got older i, I could pr appreciate the movie on a different level how well the writing is and the filmmaking and all of that stuff so right. as you get older, you can appreciate it on another level. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's just a fantastic film. I was wondering uh, with you, Jen, uh, do you remember when you first saw Jurassic Park, the original? Well, I, I, I've told this story on the, with you guys before, not you, Jeremy, but with other people before, that, that my first experience with Jurassic Park was, I, I had a little kid at the time, so I wouldn't take him to go to the movies to see this. I knew it was going to be 
uh, big. Not I didn't know exactly what it was going to be about, but I just knew that it was going to be big. Um, but I had actually read Jurassic Park um, before everything sort of blew up and there was a Jurassic Park movie. Um, still, when it came out on video, my first experience with it was putting it into the VCR not realizing that it was going to be half as scary as it was for a little kid and traumatizing my little kid who, remember I said he looked like he was white as a ghost? (laughs) (laughs) He just came into the next room and he was like I think you should turn that off, it's too scary. (laughs) That, That was my first experience with it so even I didn't watch it until I don't know, maybe a year or so later we just had it on this is this tells you how old I am. We just had it on VHS, and we had just sat there forever. So I didn't even get to see it until it, so the time that it took to come out in the movies come out on VHS, which used to be a long time, and then a year later. So I didn't see Jurassic Park for a long time, but I read Jurassic Park long before it ever came out. So I did know about it. Hmm. You know what's funny is I had it on VHS, so I'm dating myself. Uh, I had it on Laserdisc. Laserdisc? Yeah, I had it on Laserdisc. It's a beautiful Laserdisc, too. Uh, I had it on DVD, and um, I don't have it on Blu-ray of all the weird things, but I I have, like, a digital download of it. Uh, It's weird that I have it on everything but but, uh, Blu-ray. Like, I, I need to go ahead and fix that. But uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, but they uh, just released the ultimate collection, like Ultra 4K, I think. Oh well, then see, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> to celebrate the 25th anniversary. You know, uh, just just to give you some perspective, right? The uh, over the past July 4th weekend, I think it was uh, HBO or one of the movie channels that we get sort of had uh, Jurassic Park running almost nonstop. Nonstop. And, God, it, I mean, I swear it was on like every other hour. And so we, all of my kids then at that point, all at some point or another watched it. And, and it, you know, my kids are, they're always doing something, right? They're always either on their phone or whatever. Just there's something always going on. They don't even sit down and actually watch a movie. And Jurassic Park is not like that for them. They are, phones are down. They're watching whatever is going on. It Like th- that sort of struck me as... Yeah, there's something really compelling about that. Although, one of my kids mentioned this. She said, isn't it funny that we have gone from hating the Velociraptors to all of a sudden thinking that the Velociraptors are the heroes of the story? There's almost something Shakespearean about it. I thought that was actually pretty funny. That is funny, yeah. Yeah, like we, yeah they were these monsters, you know, in the first couple movies, and... Come Jurassic World, they we sympathize on it with them. Now we now we want our own pet one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, blue. yeah it, it could be blue. purple. I don't care, red. Uh, you know, come here, red. <laughs> I, but you know, it's funny going back to the first movie though. Um, I reread uh, Jurassic Park, and then I started Lost World, and a character that's barely mentioned really in the first movie. Dotson, the one that uh, Wayne Knight uh, or Ned Nedry, um, oh, yeah. that he buys the um, canister for, uh, or he gives him the canister, yeah. uh, Barbara's which is, you know, I, I use that. So every time I see it, 
I always think of that scene. <laughs> yep, every time I see a can of Barbasol. Right. I I have actually, and and, and no. I just out of reflex, I just try to unscrew the bottle. I've been watching Jurassic Park too much. But you know, something funny though is that uh, the so I I I always wondered like why didn't they why didn't they use that character more because he's like more of a villain in the books, right? Exactly. And I'm very surprised. And I looked up the actor, right? I was I was wondering if the actor was still alive or whatever. And I found out that he's a convicted child molester in yeah, 2016. Kind of uh, <laughs> not so good. I was like, oh, I guess he won't be in uh, Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> you know. Like, oh, you're kidding. That's terrible. Yeah, he was like this acting coach for many years afterwards. And then he got convicted of uh, being a child molester. So... Uh, that's a little uh, uh, Jurassic Park film trivia for you. There we go. What, what happened to the real life Dotson? But uh, yeah, so he's not going to be in any uh, uh, <laughs> Jurassic movies. Uh, I wonder if they would just re- like recast the actor. I mean, he was supposed to be the villain in the Lost World instead of Peter Ludlow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and he met uh, he met, he met a, a gruesome fake too in the book. I remember. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think he was killed by baby T Rexes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so they kind of gave that death to uh, to uh, Ludlow um, in a way. Uh, in a way, yeah. yeah. So, um, okay, so uh, you know, The Lost World came out, and that was another one to mix reviews. Uh, and Jurassic Park three, and then there was this big gap of 14 years, and it went through uh, what they call. Uh, hell (laughs) development hell hell. i was just going to call it straight up hell (laughs) and during this time uh there was a script that's written that you can actually find online and i suggest anyone who wants to read just the like there's so many interesting scripts that were presented for sequels or, or just movies in general but definitely sequels that never will make the light of day, but they're so bizarre. You can't believe that a competent uh, filmmaker or, or screenwriter wrote him. And Jurassic Park 4 script, written by the Academy Award, uh, I know he, he got a nomination. I, I, I'm trying to think if he won, but uh, director-writer John Sayles wrote this really bizarre Jurassic Park 4 uh, sequel that actually elements of Jurassic World uh, has some of them, but I, I, are you are you familiar with this, Jen? No, what, I'm I'm trying to place I'm trying to place it, but I can't. It, it's like legendary this script because this script has like it is crazy. It's like uh, it's like um, they they do the weaponized raptors, which is in Jurassic World. Oh, oh you're talking about the one that didn't. They didn't do didn't yes. Do. Okay, okay, okay. Where, yes, yes. where it I takes place in a in like a castle in. I think it's like the Swiss Alps, and it's like some Baron Van Drax. Oh, yeah. yep. It's kind of it's coming back to me a little bit now. Yeah, and if they I'm have not like mistaken. This is the one that has the like human dino hybrids, if I'm not mistaken. Was yes, like, the human dino yeah, hybrids. Yeah, I've seen some concept art about that. There was like a like a Triceratops human with like a horn broken off or something like that. <laughs> yes, and the final scene. This is the. I want I want to actually make this make like I'm I might even, I'm thinking about doing this as an animated thing uh just the final scene alone where it takes place 
in I think Colombia or something at a uh, at a uh, uh, um, a cartel member's uh, hideout. And they actually, the military parachutes raptors into the, his oh my God. <laughs> his compound and they go to work. I'm like, oh, my God, I want to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If you guys if you guys get a chance, uh, it's online somewhere. Uh, but it's uh, the John Sales uh, Jurassic Park 4 script. So I'll have to refresh my memory. Yes, it's, it's very funny. The, you know, the, the, I actually am really glad that that didn't get made because if yeah. it had gotten made, then that would have somehow had to be reconciled with and how you reconcile that, that to me, okay, not that dinosaurs aren't sort of, you know, jump the shark already, but I mean, that would have been sort of, I think, the end of the franchise because I don't know how you, you'd have to reboot the entire franchise to go from there. But you know what? Don't you want to see raptors parachuting into a a, a drug dealer's uh, compound? Come on, that's yes. funny. Y- yes, that's hilarious. Wanna, yes, but I want to see it in sort of like uh, uh, like a like almost a Sharknado kind of a way, like oh. a sci-fi special on a Saturday when there's nothing else that's really good on, and so you throw on some crazy sci-fi movie. Yeah, that's how I want to see it. I want to see it as a straight-to-DVD movie. I definitely <laughs> don't want to see it in the theater. I want to see it in the theater. I probably would have saw that bad boy about three or four times. I'd have seen it more than I saw the original Jurassic Park when I was a kid. So. <laughs> you know, I knew that about you. Somehow I just knew that about you. Yep. Well, hey, I'm, you know. Hey, it would have been everybody's least favorite movie, but it would have been one of my favorites. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's get into... Uh, Jurassic World and what's going on presently, and we'll, and um, we'll get into some of the the other things that that surround it as well as the, the games and stuff. But um, first of all, what was your take on Jurassic World? Uh, Jurassic World or Fallen Kingdom? Uh, we'll start with Jurassic World, and then we'll we'll dovetail okay. into that. I really liked that movie. It was it was very enjoyable. I mean, it kind of reminded me of the first Jurassic Park in many ways. But I don't think it was relying on nostalgia to carry itself as a movie, in my own opinion. Uh, I really enjoyed um, just seeing the dinosaurs and such. I mean, that's why we love watching these movies, right? We want to see dinosaurs. Um, it was just, overall, it was such a fun experience in the movie theater, seeing that movie for the first time. It was a wonderful experience, and I think a lot of it had to do with the 14-year gap between movies. Because I remember just years would go by, and... Wait, I would hear a snippet of news about Jurassic Park 4 being made and then it just kind of faded away again, never to be heard of for another couple of years. And then we finally got it. And it's like, okay, this is the movie I've been waiting for. And I enjoyed every bit of it. It was really fun. I mean, especially the last part at the end, uh, the end fight with the T-Rex and the Indominus Rex in blue. Yeah. Who, didn't, who didn't enjoy that scene? No, it was a, that was a great scene. And the, the funny thing about that... Uh, that movie it was almost like t-rex got his uh revenge or whatnot yeah you know? when it smashes through the spinosaurus skeleton yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a little knock at the jp3 there yeah yeah I, I i thought that was pretty cool that they did that and then he you know with the help of the mosasaurus and the oh raptors god <laughs> when the mosasaurus jumped out of the tank i never expected that um, I thought if the Mosasaurus was going to kill the Indominus, it would fall in the tank. But I didn't expect it to jump out of the tank. And when it happened in the theater, I'm like, "Oh my god!" 
my wife's like, Jeremy, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> then I started thinking, though, I'm like, if it can do that, wouldn't it start picking off, uh, like, people that are just coming there? Uh, if it can just <laughs> just jump out of the tank like that, I'm like, wouldn't it just get people that are just walking by? So, so you know, I actually have a theory about that, okay? And, and we, this was uh, uh, passed out between myself and, again, my movie-watching kids. Who We all decided that a dinosaur, in order to make something worth eating... It better be big and substantive. Like, there's no way that a dinosaur would want to pick... That'd be like us going out into the yard and saying, you know, I'm really hungry for dinner. Maybe I can find an ant. So <laughs> we all, we've all decided that Mosasaur, that, that, the, that the whole idea was, this is a big, tasty meal. This will fill me up for a really long time, so it's totally worth the calories to do it. Because you got to think, it's, I can't even imagine how many calories it must take, it must take a dinosaur to move, much right. less to go hunt. So somehow, I don't think that they would even be looking at the little things like, mmm, tasty morsel. Yeah. I can, I can see what you mean there. I mean, if a pteranodon, you know, pteranodon's a little bit bigger than a human, right? So if if it was maybe coming down, thinking there was fish in the water, and then the mosasaurus just gets it. That would make sense. Yeah. And, and, and also, you know, the, the flying, anything that's flying, we all totally agreed that, yeah, they'd pick off everything because scavengers just get, want to scavenge. They just want to get everything that they possibly can. So that makes sense. But mm -hmm. the big giant dinosaurs, yeah, they probably were a little bit more picky about what they ate. You, you know, one thing about Jurassic World, though, that gets me is, I'm like, it, it really makes us seem like our society is really jacked up. It's like saying there's a park that actually has dinosaurs in it, and people are already jaded about it. You know, <laughs> just like <laughs> yeah, that, that was an interesting commentary to make there on that for that movie. Like, oh yeah, people don't care, and you know who, who cares about the T Rex? <laughs> you know, I'm like what the, the hell? I'm like blasphemy. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. We go to zoos still, and we, you know, we see lions. We're enamored by that, but they're like, eh, we don't care about the dinosaurs no more. Like, it's quite interesting to that that's happening. I mean, like, I think maybe something that had to do with it is just you're a little kid when you see dinosaurs, right? Mm -hmm. And you're fascinated by them, and then you watch Jurassic Park. Mm. You're still fascinated and captivated by these creatures, and that fascination doesn't really go away even as you grow up. Right. So I think maybe like in the, yeah maybe in the movie that people were like not so interested in dinosaurs anymore. Um, I don't know, I'm kind of going off off on a thing here, but um, I think people that have grown up with dinosaurs appreciate them more. If that makes any sense. Right. Because if you if you show like. Like, let's say you take a teenager when Jurassic World comes out. You take a teenager and they watch the movie, and you take an adult that's grown up with the Jurassic Park movies. They're probably going to have different opinions on it. That's true. That's true. But, you know, I liken it, too, is like, like, Jen, if, like, a guy is saying, hey, on our first date, I'm going to take you to the moon. And you're like, uh, I already had a guy that took me to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> Not a big deal. The moon, whatever. Wait, Kente, Kente, can uh, after this show is over, can you just like totally slide me that dating service? Uh, <laughs> I want to meet those guys. 
to be jaded about going to the moon, right? Just be like, yeah, I've been to Mars. Who cares about the moon? Take me to Jupiter. We're not going anywhere. We're not compatible. <laughs> hey, you know, it's hey, that's funny because that's getting there too, right? <laughs> with with technology, one day you'll be able to just you know take a date to outer space, right? So yeah, that'd be something. You know, my, you know the the only I remember when I saw uh, when I saw Jurassic World in the theaters too, and I had the same uh, experience that you did, Jeremy. I liked it, right? Yeah. I liked it because I because basically, like Kinte said, you know, I just sort of checked everything at the door and just sat down and had a really fun experience, and it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it wasn't the storyteller in me always has problems, sort of, with you know things that aren't narratively done well and so of course you know there are definitely cracks in that story but the overall emphasis of Jurassic World I think harkens back to the original Jurassic Park in the idea that and because you see it in Jurassic Park too that you know just because you can build it doesn't mean you should right and that I found those uh, narrative correlations between the two very satisfying even though they were told very differently they still had very congruous lines and it and it somehow felt like they were trying very hard to pick up where those pieces left off instead of trying to make it imperialistic instead of trying to make it something that it wasn't they really tried to stay in that thematic kind of function of what Jurassic Park was originally trying to say they yeah. said you know yeah. well you know, you know one criticism about this movie was the Bryce Dallas ca- coward <laughs> I'm sorry Howard uh, character uh, these words are coming together. It's really hot. Uh, yeah, and I don't have my fan on. But uh, no, the Bryce Dallas Howard uh, character saying that she was just, you know, she was just a, a damsel in distress and blah, blah, blah. In this movie, we'll get into Fallen Kingdom. But uh, I'm like, she was pretty badass in this movie. She literally ran from a T-Rex in heels. Yeah. <laughs> she outran a T-Rex in heels. I never understood that criticism of, like, I don't think she was a damsel in distress at all. No, not at all. Yeah, like if you can outrun a T Rex in heels, right? I mean, Jan, you would keep your heels on, right? Running from the T Rex. You know, here's the thing. I I, I think it kind of goes back. And again, this even goes back to the first film too. It's it's not. I can see why people thought that she was a damsel in distress. I see why that piece is there. But I think in order to view it that way, you've missed a lot of what her character arc really what it was all about in the yeah. in the, in the film like i see you know you could victimize her and make her seem like she was just oh my gosh somebody come and save me or you could look at the whole arc of her character and realize that by the end of the film she really had changed a lot oh absolutely she and started off as just like you know money money by the book corporate person and then at the end she like has this compassion for the dinosaurs well and I think and on top of that it's a respect for and again this goes back to the John Hammond thing it's a respect for 
for what was created because what you create you can't put the genie back in the bottle because mm-hmm. you created something now and now you have to respect the fact that it's been created so what do you do now but getting to that point requires you to sort of go through some trials and tribulations so that you really get the point and for her yes there were moments where she legitimately i think did need to sort of be um saved isn't even really a good word but where she needed help but that help was part of her character arc so you know again i can i can see why people thought that but i think that they just missed something bigger about her yeah I, i i would agree and and we'll talk we're about to go into uh fallen kingdom and her uh her character's elevation but um i'll say this before we transition there is one animal group that probably hates these movies you know who it is it's the goats because goats get eaten and no one ever feels sorry for the goat the poor goat that's tethered in the first one and no one ever feels like if if one of the dinosaurs dies it's like oh if a freaking goat gets massacred (laughs) like no no sympathy at all it's just like you're supposed to be chum So I'm going to hashtag Jurassic Park goats, uh, let them live. (laughs) (laughs) They don't even have a chance. There's no, they don't even, they're tethered. They don't even have a chance to like, you know, try to beat out a, you know, not get caught. (laughs) They're just there to be eaten. So, uh, poor goats. Uh, Collateral damage. (laughs) It's It's like, no one feels sorry for the goats. It's like the goats just get eaten and it is what it is. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, all right, so let's talk about the newest film, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, uh, directed by Jay Bayona and still written by Colin Trevorrow, and I forgot what his writing partner is. Um, how did, I've seen the movie twice. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, oh, well, yeah. I, I saw it three times. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, um, I, I I'm actually, and Jen knows this. I I, I really did enjoy this film. It's not a perfect film. It's not Citizen Kane, but it's. I think it's a very, really, really good movie. So, what was your thoughts on Fallen Kingdom? Oh, me. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked it. It was a really good movie. Um, I think, I think overall that this movie's more or less a setup for the next sequel. Right. Given with all the plot elements that they had thrown in there. It was a setup for something bigger and better. I think that's coming. But I really enjoyed this movie. It gave us a lot of a lot of dinosaur action. It, it it gave us a really good story. Like it didn't just rehash the whole dinosaurs on an island thing. Mm-hmm. It it gave it took the story in a new direction, and it left us at a spot where it's like they're gonna go somewhere else with this movie. We just gotta wait and see what it is. And overall, I just thought it was a really fun movie. And what I really liked about uh, the movie is that. It had like, it was able to kind of go back to the, kind of like the horror aspect of Jurassic Park. Like there were a lot of like, uh, like, uh, like jumper scenes, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Jump scenes. There was a lot of that in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it it brought, I think that movie brought back the horror aspect of uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, it was like Resident Evil Jurassic Park. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
Like I'm like I'm shocked they Resident Evil hadn't put that in a movie where you're getting chased by a by a dinosaur in, in a mansion or something like that. You probably shouldn't speak that out loud because that'll probably become canon next year. Uh, well, I want it. I I would love that in a in a Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. I I thought that I you know a lot of people. That's okay. We're gonna talk spoilers. Uh, if for those who haven't seen it, uh, I feel sorry for you because we're about to spoil it. But okay, the first half great. I think most people agree. Like that opening scene is one of the best scenes in a Jurassic Park uh, film. Period. I agree. That, I agree. It was really fun. Oh, and it was so well done. And when the lightning is is striking, and then you see the the T Rex outline. Oh my god! That's, Just for a second, but it's there. That is so cool. Uh, I don't know why the guy didn't have a headset that could let him talk to the helicopter, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll just act like that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Or or why when uh, T Rex steps on the uh, device, the 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 gates stay open. That didn't make sense, but who cares, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome, right? Uh, but one thing I have to say though is, if you're on an island that may have dinosaurs on it. And you're it's in the middle of the night, and you look back, and you see the group that you're with, who can see an angle that you can't see, and they're doing the international, get, bring your ass over here right now. <laughs> you don't go. I don't. I can't hear you. <laughs> the minute I saw them doing that, I'm dropping everything, and I'm running. <laughs> they could. They could have been just saying, "Man, it's really wet." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like uh, I'm running, I'm dropping everything. Forget them gates. <laughs> you know, I, 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 the the beginning of this, the beginning of the movie, set up for me anyway. It set up it, it, even with all of the things that were like, um, oh, okay, why did that happen? Why did that? It, it, I didn't even see any of that. To be honest, I, I was not paying attention that. Uh, and maybe because you guys have seen it more than once, maybe it sort of clicked a little bit more. But you know, at the beginning of this movie, set up what I would, what I think is sort of, um, it, like, you know, you know, how there's certain movies that the beginning shot just sort of sets the tone for the entire movie. Mm -hmm. Th this movie, it, it was so different because it didn't do that. It didn't set the tone for the whole movie. It basically put you in. In the in the mindset of here's what's going to happen, like like it didn't set the mood as much as it was the mood. It's like there's a very subtle distinction between here, let me put you in the action, and here, let me passively show you what's what you're going to experience. And that's what I feel like happened here, and it worked really well. It does not always work, but in this movie, it really did. Like there was there's nothing more satisfying than sitting down and watching what you already know is going to be, you know, a movie about dinosaurs and then experiencing sort of that um that questionable what's going to happen, a little bit of uh suspense maybe might be a little too that might be too much, but there were all of those little classic uh, pieces involved that I thought were so good. Instead of opening with something mundane, they actually opened with something pretty exciting. Does it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Like, you look at Jurassic World, it just opened up with a laboratory and an egg hatching. Kind of anti... It's not really... Not very yeah. exciting. Yep, yep. 
And then you get Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, you get a T-Rex chase, and then you get a Mosasaurus attack. They just weren't afraid to just open up and go, okay, yeah. here we go. Here we go, yeah. Yeah, I, and you know what's, what's funny, too, about it is I must be a wuss because I don't think there's any amount of money that would let that would get me to an island that used to have dinosaurs, let alone uh, they could, they may be there still, you know. And when the guy, when the brother goes, when he says, um, oh, yeah, everything here is dead. I'm like, and where would you get this intel from? <laughs> like, hell no, you are not sending me on uh, Spooky Dinosaur Island, okay? I'm, I'm good. Uh, I, I'd rather be poor. <laughs> but you could. It seems like if you got enough money, you can send people anywhere. There, there'll be some people willing to do it. So, you know, kudos to those people and poor guy who, uh, who uh, <laughs> doesn't know the international signal for bring your ass over here. <laughs> but uh, and that's a great scene too. When the Mosasaurus comes out and he's like, he thinks he's made it, and he's like, ah, no. Nope. Oh, great scene. A great scene. A great opening. Now, I think most people, even the critics who didn't like the film, they love the, the opening as well as the part up until they get off the island. But this is where I actually love the idea of an auction. And to me, it's a natural progression of the story to have this dinosaur auction. And, I mean, I would think it would cost a little bit more than it does in the movie to buy a damn dinosaur. But, uh, you know, apparently it's a, it's a discount, <laughs> you know, like it's like $4 million. It was like, wow, that's it. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. Well, like, Hey, uh, but, um, you know, I like that. And I like the fact that it had like this Gothic feel to it in the, in the, the, uh, the mansion. And, you know, uh, and a lot of people were upset about the whole cloning, aspect of it and uh, I think that was their way of kind of floating that idea of possibly the uh, the um, the dinosaur human hybrid <laughs> yeah that's been a theory that uh, Indoraptor's part human <laughs> see you know uh, the Indoraptor first of all let's talk about the Indoraptor and let's talk about uh, yeah. Ted Levine's character uh, and his tooth hunt <laughs> <laughs> what you, what did you think, Jeremy? When uh, uh, I, I'm so sorry, I can't think of his ne his character name, but uh, oh, uh, Whitney, Ted, Whitney, yeah, yeah uh, Whitney. Whitney uh, when he went in into that uh, cage to get those teeth, yeah, yeah, Whitney steps into the cage, and then uh, I thought it was hilarious when the Indoraptor was playing dead. <laughs> like it opened its eyes and then it closed it again. It opened its eyes, <laughs> bam. Like, he had to be my, human, my right? My wife was like face palming at that part. She's like, "Oh my god, why would you <laughs> go into the cage? Are you an idiot?" <laughs> and we, and the audience kind of knew something was gonna happen, but we didn't know what. But yeah, it, it was kind of it was cool to see that scene, and you know, got his he got his uh, just reward after you know he's been treating all the dinosaurs like crap, getting their teeth. Yeah, yeah, that, I thought that was so funny. When that happened, and then of course we knew it was going to happen. And then the scene with the elevator was was uh, was great too, where you know yeah. they thought that they had, you know they had made it, but you know, mm -mm -mm. Nope. so yeah, I, I I thought all that stuff was really good. And I thought the one thing that I I, I think this was the best directed um, 
Jurassic Park since the um, since the Lost World. You know, uh, actually, wow. even better than the Lost World. I thought Jay Bay- Bayona did a fantastic job as a filmmaker. Uh, oh, he has he a did. yeah, he has a great visual style, <laughs> and I loved like the the iconic imagery in there, like uh, with you know with um, the Indoraptor's hands you know over Macy's uh Macy and she's in the bed you know I I love that stuff that was really good I think uh speaking of iconic uh this might uh, tug on some people's heartstrings and hit you in the feels but that scene with the brachiosaurus on the docks oh my god yes oh my god it's such a sad scene but uh when it just before it dies it jumps up on its hind legs just yeah. like it did in the first movie yeah, that and, was and it. Just, that, is that, as soon as I saw that scene, that's what immediately came to my mind. It's like, oh my god, it's, it's a throwback to Jurassic Park. And yeah, it was a, it was a really well done scene. As, as sad as it was, it was a really well done scene. Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was excellent. Uh, just so uh, the audience will know that uh, um, Jen had to uh, run off. So uh, I just want to thank Jen for being on the show, and we'll catch her on the next show. So um, going back to uh, to it, I, I thought it was good. Um, you know, there's a lot of debate about the final scene, uh, letting the dinosaurs out. What did you think about that? I thought it was it was a great touch to keep the story going, because if you kill all the dinosaurs, there's not much of a story left to go off of um, compared to if you did uh, release them. Um, I was surprised that uh, a little surprised that Claire uh, didn't push the button because you know she, just a few seconds before she's like I can't let them die and then like a few seconds goes by and then she just doesn't push the button. I was I was just very surprised about that, but I like the idea of the dinosaurs escaping into the world because they're in our world now. We're not staying on an island anymore. Okay. They're in our world, and Mal- like Malcolm said, we're gonna have to learn how to coexist with these animals. And, like, hence the name Jurassic World, you know, no more islands, world. Right. Right. That, and that, I mean, just all the I, the uh, possibilities that, that could uh, have. Um, what do you, I mean, um, do you have high hopes for the third installment of the Jurassic World series? I do. I definitely have high hopes because they, they set it up so well in this movie I can only imagine what kind of surprises they're going to have in store for us for the next movie. I mean, the scene that I was really excited to see when I saw the trailer was the Mosasaurus in the open ocean. Mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed they didn't go anywhere with that in the movie. Right. But maybe they'll do it in the next movie. Right. Because that's a huge thing. A Mosasaurus in the open ocean. Oh, God. That's a huge, it's gonna huge eat thing. Everything. <laughs> yeah, whales, sharks, humans. Yes. Yeah, that that was a good one. Uh, that was a good touch. I like that. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward. It's uh, what is it? 2021, right? Yeah, I can't remember the exact date, but yeah, 2021. Yeah, I mean, this one is is a big financial success. So I'm looking forward to what happens with the the next one. Now, be, before we uh, say goodbye, uh, I I definitely want to bring up. Uh, have you had an opportunity to play Jurassic World Evolution? I have not. And, uh, I have not either. I mm-hmm. wish I could say I have, but I don't. Uh, I haven't had the opportunity to play it yet. Oh, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, oh, it does. I've watched some gameplay videos online by just a couple random people, and 
it looks really well done. I mean, the visual style is really nice. I mean, the dinosaurs look so lifelike. I mean, we've come a long way since the days of Operation Genesis. I don't know if you played that game. Oh, yeah, many, many moons yeah. ago. Love that game. But we've come a long way from that. Yeah, I, I'm... You know what? I, I might just go ahead and uh, hit that. I, I, is that uh, just PC only? Uh, no, I believe it's on uh, the Xbox and PS4. Oh, okay. Well, oh, that's even cooler. Yeah. The, you know, the newest Xbox, of course. <laughs> right, right. Xbox One. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I might, I might have to go ahead and check that out. So, uh, what do you, what are your plans for your, um, your channel going forward? Uh, uh, more Jurassic uh, Park slash World content. Uh, are you going to get into some other uh, content as well? I, I am going to keep making Jurassic Park and Jurassic World content for sure because that's, I think that's why a lot of my subscribers subscribe to me because of that particular content. I, I like to try to go branch off into a little bit more of anime and such, mm-hmm. like whether it be voice impressions or discussion videos. I'd like to do a little bit more of that. All right. But for sure, I'm going to keep doing Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. All right. And uh, so... Uh, the last thing I'm going to ask you to do before we say goodbye is, if you can, uh, I know that I hadn't asked you this before, so this is like right off the head. Uh, if you can give me your rankings of all the Jurassic uh, Park slash World movies from like rank them from best like best to worst. Yeah, best to worst. Okay, so that's a that's a good question. Um, obviously, the first one's the best. Jurassic mm-hmm. Park's the best. Right. Uh, the second one, the second best. Honestly, I liked Jurassic World slightly more than I did Fallen Kingdom, mm. but I, I did enjoy it a lot, both movies a lot. So I would probably go first Jurassic Park, second Jurassic World, third Fallen Kingdom, fourth The Lost World, and fifth uh, Jurassic Park 3. That's probably what I'd go with. Yeah, I would I would probably, yeah, I would definitely concur. I would, but I would swap a world with uh, Fallen Kingdom. I really liked okay. Fallen Kingdom a lot. It was a very good movie. I yeah. really enjoyed it. I'm going to go see it again soon. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait for it to come on Blu-ray as well because that opening scene is just too awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. definitely. You know, the Indoraptor scenes, I loved it. Oh, yeah, it was great. It was great. But you got that Indoraptor or something else, though. <laughs> I love that thing. I was yeah. so excited to see that thing. It was awesome. It was, definitely. So, if, if people want to know more about how, you know, their uh, your content and actually find your content, how can they do so? Well, uh, you can search me up on YouTube, uh, Jeremy James Prutchick. Uh, search up my name and there should be lots of content for you to pick from lots to see all right and uh, i want to thank you so much uh for coming on uh and uh you know and chopping it up with us talking a little jurassic park slash world and uh maybe when uh, there's some more content out uh whether it's a game or or obviously one of the new movies we can have you back on or if we want to talk about something else but i really i really enjoyed this conversation Thank you, thank you. I had a great time talking with you guys. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, you can you can find me uh, on our website, IndieRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y Radio.org. And you can follow me on Twitter at Kente F. Uh, we will be back actually next week with uh, all new programs. Uh, you guys have a great week, and God bless you. See ya. At Essentia, we're here to put a flag in the ground and tell the world a better you starts with a better water. This isn't fashion. This is science. 
Essentia is supercharged ionized alkaline water with a 9.5 or higher pH and a clean, smooth taste. Essentia is designed for the doers, the believers, the overachievers. Drink it in and do all the things that make you extraordinary.